Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello again, this is episode 39. Today's episode is about a, a lesson I learned from my son in the altar a few weeks ago on compassion and what the Word has to say about it and what Jesus' response to compassion was in the Word. Hope you'll listen. To start with compassion, I'll share the verse that we're going to get to in a minute. It's Matthew 9, 36. This is in the ESV. It says, when he saw the crowds, he, Jesus, uh, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This term to be moved with compassion, I looked it up in Blue Letter Bible. I love that app. It helps me so much as far as understanding what what it means, all that. I've told you about that before. I want to play for you how to say the word. I would embarrass myself to try, so I'll play you how they say it. Strong's G, 4697, Splachnizamai. 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 <laughs> so that word, though, the term is it means to be moved with compassion. But what it says in their definition is to be moved as to one's bowels. Hence, to be moved with compassion, to have compassion. For the bowels were thought to be the seat of love and pity. It's almost a physical feeling as well as emotion. Their term sounds funny, but I know that we've all felt that. That tugging or squeezing of your heart. That physical feeling of heartache at someone else's pain. To be moved with compassion is not just to feel sorry for someone, but it goes beyond that. It's physical and emotional, and also it's an action. There's an action that follows that compassion feeling we feel. When Jesus was moved with compassion, he healed, worked miracles, provided for needs. It was immediate action. If we are filled with the Holy Ghost, this can affect us in that same way. And when we feel this tugging at our heart, we should act. Immediate action. Several instances of that action is in Scripture. Several instances of that being moved with compassion. And many times it's in the Gospels. And it's Jesus looking at the people, seeing their needs, seeing their pain. Uh, At one point, seeing their hunger and being moved with compassion. He's looking at this need and he's saying, I've got to do something. Proof that when he sees us, he has compassion on us. Proof that when he looks at us, he can't help but be moved. When we hurt, when we're lonely, when we're upset, when we're uh, in need of something, he looks at his people with compassion, and that compassion compels him to do something. In in the original passage that we talked about, though, uh, this compassion was toward those who knew him not. But in several other instances, the same compassion was toward those who knew him but were hurting or grieving. Without compassion, as Christians, 
we are ineffective. Without compassion, teaching is ineffective, prayers are ineffective, witnessing to the lost is ineffective. In the altar, now a few weeks ago, I noticed something in my son. It was in an effort to try to get him involved in the service and the ministry that God has called our family to. I, when he's up for it and when I think he can handle it, I bring him with me to the altar to pray with people. And there was a lady, her son was autistic and nonverbal. Long story short, she came up for prayer for her son. We believe in miracles. We believe that Jesus wants to do these things. I leaned over to Ezra and I told him that this mama wanted prayer for her son. That he didn't speak and that they were praying and we were praying for Jesus to touch him. To touch his mind, touch his lips, and on and on. Just really explaining to Ezra that it was hard for him and it was hard for his family for him not to talk. And that we knew that Jesus was able. Ezra laid his hand on the mom. We didn't want to overwhelm this boy, so we didn't all touch him at once. Um, I heard him, though, Ezra, begin to pray with intensity and almost a desperation for this boy. His tender heart was able to really get a hold of how this family felt and to pray with compassion for God to touch them both, touch the mom and the boy. Ezra and I did this many more times that night. I would tell him what this person needed and he would begin to touch God on their behalf. As I left this service, I knew that I was to dig in and focus on compassion. It's a missing key to effective altar working. And even as I walked around the altar, God began to deal with me that Ezra had tapped into something that I had many times forgotten. I can't forget how broken feels. I can't forget how desperation feels or how pain feels. I needed that reminder for my six-year-old. I needed to slow down and consider how the one that I'm praying for actually feels in their situation. A couple of weeks ago, we were doing uh, what a family taught us called party prayer. P for praise, A for ask, R for repent, T for thanks, Y for yield. On ask, though, I began to pray for my family that doesn't know Jesus. This night, I began to travail and intercede for them, broken and just desperate for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I know that Jesus is coming back, and I know that it's soon, and I know that there's not a lot of time, and I am so desperate and broken every time that I think about it, and it really came out that night. Before we moved past asking into the R in our party prayer, Ezra came to me with tear-filled eyes and began to tell me how he was praying for our family too, as he heard me call their names, and that he knew how I felt because he could hear it in the way that I prayed that night. Another lesson on compassion from my six-year-old. I want to have a heart as tender and sensitive as his. So we know I've given you the example of our compassion and the compassion that I want to follow up with the same intensity and the same tenderness as my little boy. But what does scripture say about this compassion? How did Jesus respond to compassion? I'm going to read from the ESV. This is Matthew 9. 
Uh, I'm going to read verse 35, 36, 37, and 38. Context is important. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This is verse 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Our verses for today, they highlight compassion for the lost. When he saw the crowds, he saw their faces, looked into their eyes. He was moved with compassion because they were harassed and helpless. Other translations use the words weary, distressed, worn out, downcast, troubled. Problems then may have looked different from today, but they represent the same things. I've seen it. I've seen those things. Weary, distressed, worn out, downcast, troubled. I've seen it in the cashier at Target, the receptionist at the hotel, the speech therapist that my daughter sees weekly, the teller at the bank, the mom sitting beside me on the bench at the playground, my family that doesn't know the Lord. You fill in the blank for what's common to you, but they're everywhere. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Weary, distressed, worn out. You can add to the list what is common to our day. I challenge you, I challenge me to see. When he saw the crowds, when he saw, he was moved with compassion. If I will slow down, compassion can go to work through me. If I am to be Jesus' hands and feet, I've got to slow down long enough to look eye to eye, to see beyond the smile, to see the distress, the weariness, the trouble. I could do a whole podcast on the end of verse 36 and have wanted to for some time, sheep without a shepherd. Maybe I'll finish the notes someday and share them with you, but it feels like a lot to dig into. But with this, when he saw the crowds in his response of compassion, he was not only healing and working miracles, but he was teaching in the synagogues. Also, proclaiming the gospel everywhere he went. After healing and teaching, he tells his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. These people that we come in contact with every single day, the harvest, are not only in need of the miracles that Jesus can do for them, but they are in desperate need of the gospel. Jesus spoke the words long ago, but today, in 2022, they apply to you and I. Let's be laborers. The harvest is ready. The laborers are few. Time is short. Let's be moved with compassion and step 
into the action that compassion evokes. We cannot heal. We are not healers. But we can pray the prayers that the healer responds to. And we can certainly teach and proclaim the gospel to others. We can be the body of Christ inside and outside of the church. And then let Jesus do what he does best. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.